Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Hey, welcome back to another edition of Disciple Making. I'm Tim Beadle with my friend Darren Ride. And today, Darren, we're going to look heavenward or perhaps inward with the spirit of resides. And we're going to talk about prayer and discipling. Yep. And uh, that's something we can both speak to and have a lot of uh, different stories to tell about that. And one of the reasons this is close to my heart, Tim, is that when I got back on track with the Lord when I was 20 years old, prayer was a big part of that. Now, I know I had a praying mother. I know that. <laughs> that's, you know, one of the pictures of my mom, she would have a seven o'clock shift going into nursing, but she'd be getting up at five and she'd be spending time in her word and her prayer. You know, I'd only ever see that when I was leaving early to go fishing or hunting or something. Uh, but she, I knew she prayed for us. And then at a certain point in my life, when I was trying to figure things out, I spent time, I'd, I made a commitment to read a chapter a day and pray for five minutes a day. <laughs> you yep. know, it was just a basic, almost like a deal with God situation. And you know, that changed my life. That opened the door to God to do some some things in me and transform me, really. Yeah, it's wonderful. You know, the, the wonderful heritage of growing up knowing that others have prayed for you, uh, not only for your salvation as a, as a youngster, but also uh, as you've grown up in ministry. And we, we always have others continuing to pray for us. Uh, in terms of prayer and discipling, in terms of um, living a life of salt and light and ambassador for Jesus, I'm always reminded that when I pray for people, it actually involves me in the work and will of God uh, that he's up to all the time. Uh, and that's, I think, one of the important roots in prayer is that we just don't pray um, sporadically, but, but we really become focused in understanding that when we pray to God about people, uh, we're actually aligning our hearts with him uh, in terms of what he's up to anyway. Oh yeah, exactly. And it's hard to pray about something in a, in a you know sincere way and not be changed in the process. You know, one of our core, I mentioned before, one of our core practices here is praying and paying attention, praying for the people in our lives and paying attention to what God is up to. And really praying just sensitizes us to that, even as it opens the door to, to do God's work in that person. Yeah, Henry Blackaby, you know, said, see where God's at work and then go and align yourself with that. Uh, but but I would also suggest that we need to pray uh, to the Lord to place a burden for specific people in our heart. I, I think the average believer, myself included, sometimes we just, like right now we're praying for the people of Ukraine uh, in light of what's going on there, or just those that are lost and yet to find Jesus. But uh, one of the challenging things that I have is to pray for specific people by name if I know them could be my neighbors, that's a good place to start, or unsaved family members, or this just doesn't have to do for salvation prayers, but also for those who are new in their faith, that they would continue to grow. Oh yeah, you start praying by name, something really does happen. Now we, we when we see people in our neighborhood, we, we nickname them initially, okay. we have names for them because we see them, something, you know, something about them, like for instance, there's a fella here, He'd always go by and he's a big guy with a red jacket. We called him Big Red. Okay. But then we bumped into him at a at a garage sale. My wife did, found out his name is Mike. And now we pray for Mike. And you know, when we go for our walk now, 
when we moved here, we knew two people's names. And now we know, you know, in our condo here, we've got Jim and Kyle and Charles. They're right there. Behind me is Crystal. To my my right is Vaughn. And over this way is, is Pam and Bill and Evelyn. And across the street is Garth and True. And, and you start to get to know names and start praying for them. And you start caring. You just start paying attention. Yeah, you do. I know. I was challenged. Uh, there's a book called The Art of Neighboring. And in mm. there, there's a little matrix uh, where you put yourself in the middle of uh, nine squares, as it were, and then uh, you try to find out the names of all the neighbors who live to the left, the right, in front of you, and behind you. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so when I started doing that last summer, I've, I've got six of the nine squares filled out yet. Uh, it's just happened that others are a little harder to identify or connect with and things like that, but I have names now. And uh, I, I think that that is so vital. And then the, the next step uh, is actually I pray that God would place me practically in the path of someone, allowing God to draw people to himself through me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the Lord does that. Like he orchestrates things. It's interesting, just, you know, an hour ago, my wife came home for lunch, discovered her new co-worker, her new partner in her, in her daycare. Her best friend lives across the street from us. Okay. And we, in this apartment complex, and we know now there is a girl named Jess in this apartment block who we've never met, who we are now praying for. Yeah. And, and the Lord just brings people across your path. We, we see it as an assignment in a way, but as you take on the assignment, as you accept responsibility, we find the Lord brings your heart alongside that assignment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, around the corner, we found out that we actually have uh, other members of our church family, uh, Peter and Kim just living there, and they, they would walk in front of our house. We never knew them because we, we are part of a large church. Hmm. But uh, after a while, we, we put the, uh, uh, the connected the dots, and now we are in fellowship with them, and they now talk about the people that they are praying for around them, around mm-hmm. the corner, which, which is exciting as well. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think when you realize that the only thing that leaves this planet is people, correct? Mm-hmm. And, and therefore... Uh, that's all that really God has cared about. Uh, and therefore, we need to um, align ourselves to the fact that in 100 years from now, it won't matter how much money is in your bank, how many degrees you have after your name, but it will matter eternally related to those people who are part of the kingdom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, on the general topic of prayer, I've been challenged so much by this book. You you actually gave yeah, me this. That's right. Say, just disciple making. You know, when they talk about prayer in this book, it just, it just, blows blows out the barriers in your mind. You know, they make a pretty good case that there is no disciple-making movement without a prayer movement. Yeah. And that, you know, the battle is, you know, won or lost in prayer. I've always taught in, in evangelism, you know, the, the, just the winning people side, that prayer is at least half of the battle. Yeah. You know, that, that's at least half the job. And I, I'm convinced now, Tim, that it's at least half the job of disciple-making. Yeah. You know, years ago, I went to a Billy Graham evangelistic uh conference and they said at the beginning uh you might want to know about techniques for evangelism and things like that but but this is a prayer movement more than anything mm-hmm. and uh in the old days when billy uh, or franklin or got up to preach there had been so much prayer that had saturated the heavenlies and 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 the cities in which these uh big conferences and campaigns were being held that it wasn't surprising that so many people responded to the gospel message because it had been bathed 
in prayer. You, you, you talk about books and in, in uh, an early podcast, uh, we had talked about the BLESS acronym mm-hmm. as well. Uh, the B being before anything, pray, pray. Yeah. And so that's what we've always uh, positioned ourselves. This isn't about, yes, maybe God gives us assignments, but but we're commissioned with Jesus. We aren't left by ourselves. We're commissioned by Jesus and his spirit. When Jesus said, if the Son of Man be lifted up, I will draw all men, people, men, women, children to myself. Therefore, he's already going about that. We're just joining him in our mm-hmm. community in the work that he's already about. Yeah. And, and, you know, when it comes to disciple making, Tim, I mean, this, this is a big topic. We could go in many di- different directions. There is praying for those that we are seeking to disciple. But part of discipling them once they're believers is teaching them to pray. Yeah, exactly. As well, even as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, you know, so it becomes not just a, 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 a means of disciple making, it is a part of disciple making, integrating prayer into that relationship. Yeah. And, uh, Part of the strategy that I use uh, as we disciple people is to look at the life of Jesus in the place of prayer. You know, here he is, the incarnate Son of God, fully God, fully man. But part of his rhythm was to get away mm. into solitude, sometimes all night praying to his Father. Uh, and that's an example for us as well. Um, obviously, in praying for people as they start growing in Christ, uh, you know, we need to meet and pray together for the people that the Lord is placing on their heart as well. Yeah. You know, I, I just came across a new a new tool, Tim, from, uh, well, I heard about it, Kansas City Underground, but it's from a fellow named uh, Seth Bouchel. It's called the Training Wheel. I don't know if you've ever come across that. And it's a simple model they use for developing leaders in disciple making. And it's got the hub and the spokes and the outer wheel. The hub is solitude, okay. your personal time in prayer and the word. The spokes are community and the wheel is mission or ministry. Hmm. And each part relies on the other. You know, to do mission, we need to be in community. To have good community, we need to have a solid relationship with the Lord. That's right. And so the way that plays out is you use that as a tool for actually working with leaders and asking them questions about each part of, the, of that wheel. In nice. solitude, what's the Lord doing in you? In community, what's the Lord doing in people around you? In mission, what is the Lord doing through you? You know, hmm. and, and it gives an avenue then and some very focused prayer requests come out of that. Yep, yep, that's right. I think one of the challenges in discipling is not just getting them across what some people call the finish line, which is uh, you know coming into a saving relationship with Jesus. I mm-hmm. see that as a starting point personally. Yeah. But in, in continuing to track and pray with people throughout their entire life, like, you know, when, when, when someone comes to faith in Jesus and you've been part of that story, like at what point do you say okay on to the next one and and <laughs> I know you said the word assignment and I and I always have a check in my spirit that we don't see people as like make work projects. However, mm-hmm. um, you know there's a guy who's very fond to me. I, I met him last summer, which is probably around ten months ago. Um, uh, sort of hanging out with him, invited into our uh, life group. Then he wanted to get baptized, so I baptized him on on Christmas Eve. Uh, he's an older guy. He's, he's down uh, enjoying uh, Florida right now for the winter months. But I got a text from him last night and he said, my life is blessed. Uh, I met a new person who wanted to learn about Jesus and I gave him my baptism testimony. Hmm. Uh, and then after hearing my testimony, a few weeks later, the guy was inspired by my testimony and he accepted Jesus 
and he has to be baptized. Um, you know, I, I would imagine my friend Steve is now praying for this guy, and and that'll be another like like when when there are spiritual branches on your your uh, spiritual tree, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't just forget about people and say, okay, well, on to the next person. These people become part of your life, and and now I've got new friends, and and now I pray for them regularly, and I think that that's one of the gifts in of prayer and discipling it keeps us humble it keeps us relational and it keeps us uh, walking alongside with those who are on the same journey as us oh yeah you know it's so interesting how the lord works through time through our prayers you know there's a couple they've been at the top of my prayer list for for years in terms of uh people who need the lord and we were in the same community together years ago they moved one direction we moved another direction and i've kept praying for them and and had intermittent sort of contact then out of the blue just uh less than six months ago they moved into our community here really (laughs) and and we were the only people they knew in town you know a brand new thing and it's like uh you know just so grateful the lord has kept you know kept them in my face for praying but also grateful to see how the lord works things out to bring these prayers to fruition now we don't always end up being the harvester or even the ultimate discipler that's right but it gives evidence that God is working through that prayer and his eye is still on them, you know? Yeah. And that's why, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, as we pray, it involves us in the will and work of God. And and God has different roles for us to play, whether, you know, the cultivating stage where we're just trying to live a life of integrity as a Christ follower in front of people. And, you know, they have questions and question marks. And maybe that's as far as we'll ever uh, lead them in our journey before they get connected with someone who plants the seeds of the gospel, another who waters that. I think of, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Yeah, it, it isn't about the one who plants or, or waters. It's about the one, the Lord, who makes things grow. But mm. we have to realize that there's a certain role that we do play. Oh, yeah. We, we have a huge part in that. And, you know, one thing I'm enjoying about our group right now, we're, we're having our meeting tonight, when we pray, it's woven into the DNA of the group. Yeah, we're going to pray for each other for sure. Yeah. But we're also going to pray for each other in relation to our seeker friends. And yeah. we're also going to pray for our seeker friends. You know, we're, we're not going to just keep praying about layers of relatives and their little health yeah. problems and stuff, you know, ad finitum, you know, on and on and on. You can pray about that stuff forever. But it always pulls back to praying for people the Lord has brought into our lives. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why I use the word assignment, an assignment from the Lord. They're not a project but they are an assignment that yep. God makes it very clear. These people are in your life and you're to be an agent of the gospel to them. Exactly. So how do we keep track? I know uh, sometimes technology helps the app um, like Jesus as a Dan Spader mm-hmm. thing. We've talked about four chair discipling. If you don't download that app, it actually asks you for circles of relationships mm-hmm. that you will pray for and commit to pray for. And there's a circle of those that are yet to find Jesus on believers uh, believers, new believers, and then an accountability of those who might hold you accountable. And the beautiful thing about this app is that every day it um, it prompts you throughout the day to pray for these people. Hmm. Um, so it's a tool just to remind you of your commitment. At least initially you said, yeah, I will pray for these people. Well, now it puts it in your face. So whenever I see that, I just pause, stop, pray for the, 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 the people, family members, friends, uh, but there's names there. I've got five names on, on my prayer list specifically that I'm mm. praying for daily. 
Oh, yeah. There's a couple things that have helped me. And you mentioned Sun Life, Tim. I got this coin. I don't know if you've got one of these oh, yeah. from oh. Sun Life years ago. It's a big, heavy coin. It's bigger than, you know, it's like silver dollar size, but heavier. And it uh, it has a picture of a sheep on one side, capture yeah. God's heart for your lost friends. The other side is uh, excerpt from Luke 15. The idea is yeah. you keep this in your pocket. And every time you notice it, you use that as a reminder to pray. Yeah. I actually leave this on my desk, right in my workspace here. So I bump into it multiple times through the day. And that's an awesome reminder. Okay. The other thing I found helpful, Tim, is I, I pray for different things every day of the week. Okay. I'm open to praying for whatever, whenever. But so I really, and, and typically on Thursdays is when I focus in on praying for people who don't know the Lord. And I'll, of course, pray for them throughout the week. I see them on Facebook or get an email or get a text. But for me, that has helped a lot that there's going to be this consistency where I'm praying for them regularly and the weekly isn't a lot, but it always becomes more than that uh, because it's going to be at least weekly because I have them on this schedule. And I found that for me personally, that works really well. Yeah. You know, the discipline of writing people's names down, I think keeps us focused and anchored in our commitment to pray. Otherwise, you know, we can just walk around praying for people, but uh, specifically having a list and then watching over the course of time as you pray for those people, what God is up to in terms of life change, uh, noting experiences or encounters with them and what was the outcome of that. Uh, you know, when you are given an assignment, uh, there's homework. you, you got to report back. And uh, that's also just a very uh, basic tool. And it's amazing when you start praying for people hmm. how long and big that list comes. There's those yeah. who find Jesus, those who are young in their faith, and those who are co uh uh, sojourners, uh, you know, uh, co-missionaries, uh, as it were, in terms of discipling those who will then disciple others. Oh, yeah. And my wife in particular, as a real focused intercessor, her list is getting monstrous. Yeah. And she has to keep getting up earlier and earlier <laughs> <laughs> and pray for those things. But it's just so encouraging when the Lord answers a prayer. You know, when something happens in someone's life that you've been praying for and it's not that you take credit, but you, you know, it's like God has been involved and he's encouraging us. He shows us enough to keep us active in that intercession, uh, because, uh, you know, results, nothing motivates like seeing results from our praying, especially in people's lives. Yeah. Obviously prayer in people's lives, when people are in tough places or sad circumstances, um, they actually appreciate it. Even non-believers, if you say, well, can I pray for you? And prayer is a portal that opens a conversation and a relationship. Mm. And um, obviously, most most churches are prayerless or prayer chains and things like that. But um, I would just encourage people to have a personal prayer list in terms of the assignments, as you use that that term, of how many people God has placed on your life. You know, when, when I was a little kid growing up in church, there, there was a chorus that we used to sing and uh, I think it was Leon Tucker back in 1939. Uh, he put these words out there, Lord, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. Hmm. And may I nobly do my part to win that soul for thee. And uh, those, those words, when we um, thought about what should we talk about today on our podcast, those words stream back as, as a young child, I learned that hmm. song. Oh, and wow. um and also, as we you know have have uh, shared in the past, there's that Bible verse Paul said, you know. So from now on, I'll regard no one from a worldly point of view. When you regard someone 
uh, from God's perspective, it ends up being an opportunity to pray. Because like, what else are you going to do, right? What else? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Everything like that is an opportunity to pray when we realize that's, we're to be living that life of prayer immersion. And you know, Tim, we've talked a lot about, you know, the prayer really at the front end of disciple making tied to evangelism and seekers. And perhaps, you know, a future episode, we could talk about praying for people who are believers that we're discipling and also how we teach people to pray. I think those are some, some very important things. And, uh, uh, but from my end to sum up on this, I just want to highlight again that Disciple making requires intercession. It requires prayer. That is part of how it happens. And that's part of what, what we teach people as a part of the process. Perhaps there's nothing more important we can teach them than to be anchored in the word and inclined towards the Lord in prayer. Yeah. Earlier on when you said, you know, prayer is half the battle. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd encourage our listeners to pause and just weigh the implications of that statement. Mm -hmm. I, I know I have the propensity to, rush ahead of God, trying to do great works for him. But he always continues to slow me down. Mm. And prayer is one of the ways in which he does that. Uh, and he reminds me of the pace in which he moves is sometimes very, very snail-like. Yeah. And yet that 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 is the pace by which he is already at work in someone else's life. I always say, if you rush the harvest, you spoil the crop. Huh. So we want to make sure that, that we are in touch with the timing of God's work uh, not that we don't uh, plead with the Lord and petition with him uh, in terms of casting our cares for the burdens of others for their salvation. Uh, but it all it, this is the work of God. We cannot save anyone. It, it's the work of mm. God who draws them to himself and he uses us. He gives us assignments. And may we be found faithful in that task. Amen. That's an excellent, excellent spot to land, Tim. Yeah, I just, uh, just encourage people to start. If you don't have a list of people you're praying for who don't know the Lord, I would just start paying attention to the Lord lays on your heart and start praying consistently for them. Uh, yeah. I pray according to Acts twenty six eighteen yeah. that their eyes will be open, etc. Look up the verse; it's a great prayer outline. And then also to begin praying for those who are in your life who are believers, yeah. who you are in a way discipling or called yeah. to move down the path toward maturity. And uh, that's simply doing that uh, will accomplish great eternal reward. Yeah, sometimes the best way is to meet with fellow believers and pray for people specifically. And then as one person said, and then get out and start answering your prayers. Allow God to use you in the answer. So so this has been an enriching time. Thanks for joining with us, my friend Darren. I'm Tim. Uh, join us together for another episode of Disciple Making. And in the meantime, let, let's pray that God would be glorified as he draws people and grows them to be disciples that make disciples. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.